The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily... The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. G. Cobb with you on Voice America Sports. And uh, this, of course, is G. Cobb in the House, and I appreciate everybody uh, joining us for the show. Um on the line, I've got uh, both uh, Denny Basins. Uh, now, of course, there's a lot to talk about with the Eagles. In fact, I was just doing something to, uh, uh, with regards to the um, the guys who I would say are the MVPs of the first uh, seven games of the season. And I, and I think, you know, there are a number of players that you argue about, but uh, that's something that we will talk about. But uh, on the offensive side of the ball, which, uh, of course, a lot has happened there with uh, – uh, you know, Kevin Cobb starting off the season as a, as the team's quarterback, and then Michael Vick taking over, and then him going down with injury, and then uh, Kevin Cobb taking over, and uh, now you've got Vick taking over again. But uh, both of them have had, you know, some great games and have played some good football. And, uh, you know, uh, so that that's a lot to talk about that right there. Now, with regards to uh, those quarterbacks, and then you've got LaShawn McCoy, uh, has had a great year, uh, and Jeremy Macklin and, and Deshaun Jackson's played great when he's been in there. So, who would you say would be your offensive MVP at the start of the season uh, for the first seven games? Looking at it right now, who would you say it would be and why? Uh, Bob, uh, you want to jump in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, without giving it too much thought. Uh, and, and you know, it's something we could talk about. I mean. Uh, yeah, uh, you could you could really just talk it out because uh, uh, you know you see with um, with 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 Macklin he's had you know uh, an impressive start, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so what do you think of his start? Uh, well, Macklin, oh man, he's he's really stepped it up. I mean, from last year, uh, you saw him starting to click towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, he got off to a relatively slow start. But uh, you know, had that long touchdown reception against the Cowboys was really probably the only bright spot. Uh, and oddly enough, it was Vic throwing it to him. Uh, but yeah, this year he's uh, you know his routes seem to be very crisp. He's uh, making great cuts off the ball, uh, making great plays uh, with the ball in his hands. So uh, I mean, I definitely couldn't argue with you too long if you said it was Macklin. Although I'd probably go in another direction. Okay, so uh, uh, Denny, what do you think about uh, Macklin and what kind of year he's had? 
I think he's had a, a real nice start of the season, uh, and certainly with uh, Deshaun Jackson being injured here and there, uh, Macklin's production's been that much more important. And he's certainly capable, he's shown that he's capable of being a, a number one receiver by himself, but his production's been real well. But as far as who I think the uh, offensive MVP's been to this point, I think it's been um, LaShawn McCoy, just because week to week he's been the guy who's made plays every week. He's been consistent week to week now. The problem with him has been uh, ball security. He's cost the Eagles in a couple spots, but I mean, every week he's done a good job. He's uh, made people miss. Um, done a good job as a receiver and a running back. Uh, he's been what the Eagles could, everything they could have hoped for for him uh, in his second year. Now, uh, you know, looking at these guys and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a good argument for LaShawn uh, as well, but uh, looking at uh, just starting out looking at Macklin now. Macklin has um, uh, seven seven catches. I mean, not seven catches. I mean, uh, thirty catches, four hundred fifty eight yards, which is uh, fifteen point three yards per catch. And he's caught uh, very impressive six touchdowns. I mean, if he can he can continue that, and you know, you get into double digits in touchdown catches. There's not, there are not a lot of people in the league that are going to be up there with you. So. That's something that um, has really uh, been impressive about Macklin is the is the six touchdown catches and you know he's got nine games uh, to get four and if, you know if you get into double digits like I said that is uh, that's that's very impressive and uh, you know something he should be able to do going forward and um, you know Deshaun has three catches. Um, uh, for touchdowns, I mean three three touchdown catches, and he's got uh, one uh, on a uh, on that reverse where he took in for a touchdown. So it, they have um, done now. Have, have any of those guys have they been surprising to you uh, the way that they have played, uh, either from a positive standpoint? Um, I guess I would look at the receivers and say that you know of all the receivers, there's one guy that's having a subpar year. Well, you know, what do you guys think? I think that uh, Brent Selleck uh, hasn't been what the Eagles would have expected from him this year. He's taken a step back from where he was a year ago, and maybe part of that has to do with, uh, I know he's been dealing with uh, a wrist injury, but uh, still he's been dropping some balls that he should catch, and uh, the Eagles have missed his uh, presence like from what he was a year ago. Yeah, he was Pro Bowl caliber uh, numbers last, uh, uh, you know, last year, and now this year he's averaging three yard, three catches a game. 21 catches, 229 yards, and that's 32.7 yards a game, um, which is 10, about 11, 10.9, 11 yards per catch. And he's got two touchdown catches. Uh, Bob, you got a um, comment about Brent Selleck so far? Uh, well, I mean, last year you saw uh, he had some drops last year. So, uh, you know, his hands – have were good last year. His hands weren't great last year, but he was still a playmaker. This year, it just seems like he's got the worst stone hands. He's wide open in the flats and just dropping the ball. It seems like he's you know trying to run before he's got the ball, or he's just not paying attention. It seems like it seems like he's just losing his focus. Uh, he seems uninterested at times, and his head's elsewhere. I don't I don't know what is going on with him, but uh, yeah, to say he's been disappointing would be an understatement. Now, uh, let's see, looking at the stats, you've got the Deshaun Jackson, who has had a couple games where he really hasn't done much, um, but he's he's been so explosive in the ones that he has played. 
who played well. Uh, he's played six games. He's got. A, he's averaging about um, 65 yards, which is almost identical to uh, Macklin to what Macklin is averaging per game. Um, only Deshaun's averaging almost 21 yards per catch. Uh, he's um, he's caught uh, 19 passes for. 395 yards, which is um, you know 20.8 y- uh, yards per catch, and he's caught three touchdowns. And uh, we have seen explosiveness. You know, we saw it against Detroit, we saw it against Jacksonville, and we saw it against um, uh, Atlanta. Um, other than that, uh, you know, that's pretty much. It's been basically been those three games where um, Deshaun has really lit things up. Uh, but uh, he hasn't been able to do as much, you know, in those other games. So, uh, comment about Deshaun Jackson so far uh, this season, you guys. Well, uh, part of the reason that his numbers are have gone down a little bit was because uh, in some of the games where Kevin Cobb's been playing, he hasn't always been able to stretch the field and take advantage of what Deshaun does best, which is stretch the field. And uh, mm-hmm. and the other uh, and. Since, obviously missed the last game with the uh, concussion and so when he comes back and when Michael Vick's the quarterback I'm I'm sure they'll get him a little more involved and you'll see his numbers go up Uh, Bob uh, you got a comment uh, on that uh, we touched on this a little uh, in the offseason even I mean we talked about you know Cobb was going to be the guy coming in they're going to be more of a west coast team and I think what you're seeing and what we said uh, with Deshaun. He's not a West Coast receiver. He doesn't have the build to be a West Coast receiver. And when Cobb has been in the game, that's been seen. It's been exploited. And conversely, with uh, talking about how Macklin would probably thrive in a system like that because he does have the bigger body and would be able to uh, you know, shield guys off of him and make the tough catches and do all those things. And I think you're seeing that. Uh, you look at the games where Deshaun has uh, disappeared uh, you know, like you said, like Denny said, he's disappeared when Cobb's been in mainly, and when they've tried Dinkin and Duncan, Vic, more of an explosive arm, could go down the field. That's when Deshaun has shined because that's the type of player he is. And, yeah, you know, and that's something that um, has has, um, has been evident that uh, you know, really, you know, Deshaun, you know, he's 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 a downfield, he's a deep threat, he's a guy that. Um, that's really gonna. It's really gonna hurt them. I mean, they've got to stop it because they've got to have this guy healthy. And when he's sidelined, they're not the same team. So it doesn't make sense to, to, to give him that ball and, and put him in positions where people can get good shots at him because he's just not going to be able to hold up. And and it's going to get to the point where if it continues, you know, you're going to shorten the guy's career really because he so cannot be in there and take that pounding. He just. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's just—it's just not going to happen. I mean, and I—if uh, you know, if I were Andy and, and them, I would really look at um, you know being more restrictive and make sure that I um, that I kept him free from you know put him in positions to ask him to come across the middle and take hits like that because you know you, you're just not going to have him uh, if you do that. So. We're going through the wide receivers. You've got Macklin, uh, who's had uh, the best year. You've had Deshaun, who's, who's played well when he's been in there. Uh, and, and the guy that, as a receiver, you know, we're, we're talking about a running back, but he is the guy that's the leading receiver when it comes to passes caught. Uh, we're talking about LaShawn McCoy, who's caught 38 passes for 293 yards. That's 
uh, about eight yards, 7.7 yards per catch. And a lot of times, LaShawn is catching the ball, and he's just making people miss, meaning that a lot of his yardage is just his ability to make guys miss. And it's amazing what he's been able to do so far there. You guys got a comment about that? With about LaShawn coming out of the backfield? Uh, I'll jump in. I said, uh, his change of direction, like you said, is is astounding. I mean, I, I said when when he was drafted that uh, you know the Eagles were getting a big time playmaker, but I think for even as much as I was hyping him up, this the change of direction, the, the field vision when he has the ball in his hands, the ability to see the cutback lane, and not even so much see it but feel it. Uh, he knows where guys are coming. He knows just when to make that move. Uh, he's been outstanding. Get the ball in his hands anyway. Catch and running. He's been uh, he's been phenomenal. Uh, we'll be back on G Cobb in the house. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Don't miss the show that gives you exclusive access to your favorite pro athletes off the field and in our communities. Join host Nick Murphy for Heroes Radio. Hear it directly from the source as we take you behind the scenes with your favorite stars. It's sports, community, entertainment, and fun. And it's all part of Heroes Radio. Tune in Friday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, only on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Trav. Cam Edwards with NRA's Cam and Company, John Debney with Delta Waterfall, Anthony Hawk with Business Forever, and Mark Crane, who will give us an update on elk hunting, will be our special guest. And we'll be headed on the trail with a guy that got arrested for stealing clothes from a scarecrow. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's, your work boot center, Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb back with you on G Cobb in the house. We've got the... 
Denny Basins and Bob Cunningham uh, on the line. And, uh, you know, you guys, um, you know, we're talking about the wide receivers. I see here that uh, as for yards after catch, and this is pretty astonishing, you've got uh, Jeremy Macklin has 116. Deshaun Jackson has 126. LaShawn McCoy has 392 yards of yards running after the catch, and he only's got <laughs> he's only caught you know 293 yards worth of passes. So he's you know he's catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and he's making a guy miss, and sometimes he's making two or three guys miss. I don't know if those numbers are right. I'm looking at this. This is on Yahoo, but they got him for 392 yards after the catch, which it seems like a lot, but uh, I will give the guy credit that he uh, really, I mean, he's helped, he's helped Kevin Cobb out. I mean, I couldn't say enough how much he's kept him out, helped him out. Because, you know, you think about the San Francisco game when they are having trouble getting things going and, you know, uh, LaShawn would catch the ball on a, a little wide route, a little nothing pass and make two or three guys miss and get the first down. And, and he did it a number of times. And he, he was doing the same thing last week uh, when they were playing Tennessee and the offense was having trouble. You know, Kevin would get it outside to him, and he would make it look like it was, you know, a great play. What a great call. And it's all was just a matter of him uh, just going out and just making a, two or three guys miss. And uh, he'd make a play on a pass where uh, he was really covered and, and that, that says a lot for him and, and how important he's been to the team. But there's another guy who's been surprisingly, uh, has done surprisingly well, too, is Owen Schmidt has, hasn't done a bad job. I mean, he's, only, he's caught 12 passes, which, you know, when you think about how much we expected out of him, is kind of a surprise. And uh, he, he's done a pretty good job. And then, of course, in the last game, we had Riley Cooper get involved, and he caught, um, he's caught four passes this season. And I, I got to also mention Jason Avant, 24 catches, 240 yards, uh, 10 yards a catch. That's what he's contributed so far. So comments on the uh, on the wide receivers, um, you know, overall. Uh, what what comments would you guys have so far after seven games? Uh, Bob, go ahead. Yeah, overall, uh, I'd say I'd like to see Cooper get some more touches. Now he missed. Uh, a couple games there, but uh, he's a big guy. I mean, you saw on that, it really should have been a botched trick play. Cobb had no business putting the ball where he did, and Cooper made just an outstanding play. Uh, this guy has to get more touches. I think you got to get him on the field some more uh, and target him. Take advantage of his size. I mean, most corners in the league are only around 5'11", 6 foot, so he's got at least three inches on him. You want to see him get some more. Avon, I thought, would be a better target uh, in the red zone with his hands, but I don't think he's caught a touchdown all year at this point. No, he hasn't. He hasn't caught any touchdowns, and, and, and I, I definitely agree with you. I think that uh, Riley Cooper is a guy who is capable of, uh, of making a difference uh, because of his size and his toughness and uh, his aggressiveness. You know, to come back and get that ball, I think that says something about the kind of receiver he is. Uh, that he made it a point to come back and get the ball because if he'd have stayed put, you know, Kevin Cobb had thrown a, a miserable interception. And you think about it, uh, it wasn't that he it was a missed throw. He just does not have the arm to throw the ball through wind uh, and throw it a distance. Uh, it's similar to what I remember. Remember, uh, uh, what was a couple years ago, and the Eagles were up in the Meadowlands, and 
Eli Manning couldn't throw the ball effectively. Uh, the wind was blowing, and McNabb was able to throw the ball through the wind. And I think that's a case of uh, what you got there with Kevin Cobb. I mean, of course, I don't think he has a strong arm as Eli. And so I think, you know, going forward, if he's playing in these, you know, cold-weather stadiums, like, let's say, you're playing um, late games uh, in either uh, at um, Lincoln Financial Park or you're going to um, play against the Redskins or up in New York, and you're playing the late games and it's bad weather, uh, that, that might be a challenge when you're, you're talking about Kevin Cobb being your quarterback because that wind is howling and everything. If you don't have a strong arm, you're not going to put that ball up in there and just let the, you see how it just sails. I mean, you look at Kevin, uh, the last interception was like, you know, they had no chance of getting to the receiver. No, none. Uh, the interception he threw had no chance of getting to the receiver. Those ones against Tennessee. But anyway, um, well, we might as well jump in and go ahead and talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, of course, you know, Kevin started out with that bad game against Green Bay. Uh, Michael Vick came in. But all in all, you look at the quarterbacks, and, you know, Kevin played some, uh, some, some a very good game. He played a great game against the Atlanta Falcons. You had the Michael Vick put in a couple great games, um, one against the Lions, the other against um, Jacksonville. Uh, so how do you stand, both of you guys, looking at the quarterbacks? It's, it's what everybody talks about all the time. How do you guys feel about the quarterbacks uh, so far at, at, this, uh, at this juncture in the season? Uh, go ahead, Denny. All right, well, I think at this point it's clear that uh, Michael Vick is going to do more for this team right now than Kevin Cobb. and. As for Cobb, after the slow start, he did a good job to rebound once he got another opportunity when Vic went down. But you can see some of the limits that he has, like that arm strength, just, especially with these receivers. Uh, it's just not; it just doesn't seem to fit them as good as it does with, with uh, as good as they are with uh, Michael Vick in the game. And Vic, of course, has, and has the uh, running his running ability too that he can always lean on, which is another dimension that Cobb doesn't have. Actually, he has made a couple nice plays scrambling, but obviously he's not as fast or elusive as uh, Michael Vick is. But to this point, like Michael Vick's earned the job, and that's what it'll be going forward. Yep, and, uh, you know, uh, go ahead, Bob. Uh, your comments about the quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Vick is the clear-cut guy moving forward, and I think uh, a lot of what – of what you said, you know, uh, we just saw Cobb. He doesn't have the arm uh, to hit it downfield. Uh, good weather, you know, uh, he can he can sail the ball out. I mean, we saw that uh, last year when he played the Saints. He had that long ball to Deshaun mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the long pass to Macklin earlier this year. But uh, Vic, I mean, he's got the arm strength. And, the, you know, everyone talked about, like you said, Cobb coming in. They're going to run more of a West Coast offense. Reed has really never run the West Coast. He's never been a dink-and-dunk guy. He wants to get down the field. He and mm-hmm. Marty's the same way. They want to get down the field. They want to have those explosive plays. I mean, Marty's even been quoted as a guy saying, you know, oh, what's the point in drawing up a play for four or five yards? He yeah. don't want to have four or five yards. He wants 40, 50. Vic is that guy. Kyle yeah. doesn't fit the system. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's kind of amazing, and I, and I think that uh... – at times, uh, you know, people get caught up in the, in the West Coast, and, and I think you're very right in that uh, you look at Andy and Marty, um, like with uh, McNabb, they were they were a wide open offense that uh, that emphasized big plays, and I and I think that if you look at their personnel, uh, and you got the receivers they have, 
it, it, it makes sense to go after it because they can beat people deep. And uh, once, you, once you beat people deep, you open things up underneath, uh, which I think gives you, uh, you know, um, a chance for, you know, uh, a guy like Selleck to have a big, some big plays and big games. And I, I think, you know, Selleck has got to step his game up uh, because, you know, he's, I think he's capable of it because once he really starts hurting people, then that really puts them in a position where they really don't have a whole lot of choice because uh, they don't want Deshaun with the big play, and they really don't want Macklin. And if you talk about those big, big plays, they don't want that. They want to stop that, first of all. But if they can't really, you know, stop that, then they're going to go to the double team, and they're going to say, look, uh, you linebackers, you guys are going to have to cover Selleck, and you're going to have to cover McCoy because no way we're, we're going to occupy our, our safeties uh, on the tight ends at all because we got all the speed outside to worry about. And that's when, you know, uh, Selleck's got to hurt people uh, because he's going to be one-on-one, and uh, he should be able to be the guy that they can go to because, uh, you know, he should be open. And that's what I, that's what I want to see in the next few games. They need him to step up and really uh, be the kind of player he can be. But he's got to come down with those, those, uh, those throws down the seams uh, the couple times where he, he wasn't able to come up with balls against the, uh, the Niners. Um, you know, he's, he's, got to, he's got to come up with those passes. And uh, he's really got to hurt people there because, you know, they're going to try to take away the wideouts and, uh, and lead the linebackers and say, you know, the linebackers will cover Selleck. So we'll see how that works out. But now with regards to um, the whole quarterback thing, I think that um, uh, Michael Vick also has a swagger about him uh, that I think this team uh, benefits from, and I think they play with more confidence. Uh, and, and I think he can get to the point that he starts really challenging guys, like to say to Brent, hey, man, look, step your game up. You know, because you, know, you, you need that kind of leadership at times where a guy – uh, comes a leader, and he's got the you know uh, the respect from the guys that hey, be able to look at a guy and say, look, we need more out of you, and because they they really need more out of Selleck. They, he's got to step his game up because they they really don't have any other tight ends, uh, which really as you look the way things have worked out, who would have thought this team would have come out and they would have so shallow of talent at the at the wide receiver position where you got this backup? I don't even know the guy's name. Come on, he's he's trash. <laughs> I, I forget what's his what's the backup's name. I, I, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, do you know Mills? either Bob or Denny? Is it Garrett Mills? Yeah, yeah, Garrett Garrett Mills. Mills. I mean, come on, Garrett Mills is your backup tight end. Who is well, he? I think that shows how just how how poorly Harbor uh, has been uh, throughout the course of this season. I mean. He, one week he was active, and then they said, you know, we got to get this guy off the field. We need. Well, he stuff. can't block. I mean, they yeah. got a guy. Yeah, you know, he, he he's uh, he could be a pretty good receiver, but the guy cannot block. You know, I mean, just plain out can't. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know, I, I just was reading an article today, uh, and I and I got to give. Um, I'm trying to remember who, who did it. I think it was on Philly.com. I, I got to give them credit that. Look at some of the mistakes they've made with personnel, man. You know, come on. Um, well, Howie Roseman, come on, man. You know, um, they, they they were saying, you know, uh, you look at some of the personnel mistakes. Just just check out some of the the, the garbage that they have. They're going out and got. I mean, Mike Bell. What, look how bad he was. He was dreadful. 
I mean, what it, you know, how could you go get a guy and he plays that poorly for you? You know, to where you're begging him to get out of town, man. You know, um, who else would I think of? Okay, um, well, you know, Daryl Tapp hasn't been what you wanted him to be. I mean, he's made a couple of plays coming off to tackle the quarterback who's getting ready to run downfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got in there one time, but he's definitely not an answer on the other side for, uh, you know, for the answer to, to go along with Trent Cole. And uh, Graham, I'm going to give him a little bit more time because, I, I th- you know, he's banged up. But uh, Well, and he's shown flashes, too. That yeah, he has, he has shown flashes. He's a young guy. Antoine Barnes. Yeah, well, my goodness. Antoine Barnes. What, to cut him? Well, and you look at that, though, too. That's, again, I think it's Reed thinking he can take anyone and play him anywhere. He was a 3-4 outside linebacker. Yeah. Reed decides, I'm going to turn him into a defensive end. That doesn't work. Cuts him. Now he's playing well out in San Diego, seeing time as a, an outside linebacker. Uh, go ahead, Denny. Yeah, what were you yeah Barnes got two sacks last week out in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? And, and you yeah. see where uh, the guy that's really the shocker is uh, the guy out in uh, Seattle. Um, Clemens. Clemens has got five and a half sacks. Yeah, you want to talk about even more surprising? How about Jason Babin? Oh, oh yeah, you're right, Tennessee. Jason Babin. Is and uh, Will Witherspoon, too. Will Witherspoon as well. Yeah, he definitely Witherspoon. just playing better than Ernie Sims. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to write something about that because you, you think about some of these guys that they've let go, mm-hmm. and, well, and, and they and they become uh, beasts, you know. Uh, yeah. Because, what, what did we hear about Will Witherspoon when they caught him? Oh, well, he can't play the run. He's a little too light. So you yeah. go out and get the 230-pound Ernie Sims who yeah. can't shed a block, can't play the run. Yeah. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what. Well, I tell you, they, they've got some things to answer because, you know, some of these, you know, like you see, uh, like, you know, the, the tight end position is just, you know, uh, and, 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 I mean, what would they do if, if Selleck were to go down? I mean, it's come on. years now they haven't had, like, a, a legitimate backup tight end for uh, Selleck. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really a bad situation. Alex was the backup. It's really a bad situation. Okay, we'll be back with on the other side, and we'll continue the conversation talking about the, the Eagles after their first seven games. And uh, who knows, we'll, we'll get into talking about that collapse of the Phillies, too. Uh, we'll be back on G. Cobb in the house. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G Cobb with you on G Cobb in the house, and uh, got uh, Denny Basins and Bob Cunningham on the line, and we're talking about the the uh, Eagles uh, beginning uh, well first seven games, and we're looking at some of the stats and um, talked about the uh, offense, and we we haven't touched about the offensive line. Offensive line wise, we've got um, quite a bit, you know, that's changed there with Jamal Jackson going down. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about the fact, you know, Leonard Weaver going down, but it didn't mention Owen Schmidt. But anyway, you've got Jamal Jackson has gone down. Uh, Jason Peters is out. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Max Jean Gillis in there at the right guard because Nick Cole went down, and uh, who knows what's going on there. Uh, so they, they've had some problems uh, with the offensive line. You had Todd Terrimans in there, uh, Winston Justice, uh they are the two staples that have been in there pretty much the whole time. Other than that, these guys have changed around. Um, they they haven't been dominating at times. Sometimes they they played very well. I mean, they've they've uh, they had the game against the the Niners where they ran the ball very well and opened some holes uh, for LaShawn McCoy. Um, so if you were thinking about the offensive line so far this season. What kind of a grade do you think you would give them, uh, starting with the Bob? Uh, overall, C plus. Uh, taking a safe pick. I mean, like you said, they've been okay. They've had some good games. Uh, we taking into account the injuries and all that. Uh, yeah, I, I would say they've they've been okay. I mean, like you said, Winston Justice and Todd Harriman's have been the only guys outside of that. It's been a revolving door. Uh, McLean is learning on the job and he seems to really be picking it up and learning quickly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Max Gene Gillis is a backup. Uh, King Dunlap is, you know, we don't know a whole lot about Dunlap, but mm-hmm. given the circumstances, I would say a C-plus is fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, what, what about you, Denny? What do you, what do you think of this offensive line so far? Well, all things considered, they've been okay. I would give them a C or a C-plus myself. But the thing that stands out to me about this line was, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, personnel mistakes. Look at the uh, right guard position. Now, we started the year with uh, Stacey Andrews, and there's no need to discuss that. We know how bad that turned out. But then we trade for uh, Reggie Wells, and we give him a half, and they find out that he can't play either. 
And so now they're back to Maxine Gillis, who, as Bob said, is nothing more than like a backup player. And I mean, you've just had problems there um, throughout the season. Now they've they've been better since the opening weeks, but as a whole, it, it, it's it's really hard to expect a lot from this line. Yeah, well, you know, they're going to have to make it through with them. And um, I think that, uh, you know, as long as they don't ask them to do too much, which is make sure that they scout the people they're going to play against, they give them help uh, when they're going to play against some outstanding people, like namely the next game they're going to play, that Colts game, uh, they're going to both need help on both sides with with those uh, speedy defensive ends, uh, which it's going to take something away from – Brent Selig as a receiver, it'll, it'll also take something away uh, from McCoy, even though he seems to you know do a great job of helping those guys, then going out, leaking out there for the short routes. But um, at some point, uh, they are going to have to block, you know, defensive ends by themselves, you know, and uh, hopefully get to that point. And hopefully, you know, Jason Peters, when he gets back, he's going to be able to play like the guy that they thought they were getting when they, they traded the um, the first-round draft pick for him because he needs to be dominant on that side because we're, we're, you know, and because and really the people he's going to be playing against, I mean, you got, he's going to be playing against, uh, what am I thinking of, uh, 94 down in Dallas. Marcus Ware. Uh, that's right. You've got um, the guy, uh, the linebacker in in in, in Washington again, uh, he's got O.C. Umanura a couple times. Uh, in fact, boy, those Giants, I don't know if you guys have saw them, I've seen them, man. I mean, the Giants are, they're starting to get ornery with that, that pass rush again, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These guys are knocking people out of the game, so I don't know if you got a, got a whiff of those guys, but <clears throat> yeah. Eagles better button it up before they play those guys, or or, or they won't have Vic or Cobb. They'll <laughs> <laughs> They'll have, they'll be going with Kafka, and, and we don't need to see that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. So we're in a situation. You got um, the offensive line. Give them a little C, C plus, C minus, somewhere in that range. Um, now going to the other side of the ball uh, with the with the defense, which has played well at times, and has been horrible at times, like the, you know, fourth quarter of that uh, Tennessee game. Or you know the way they uh, had the ball run down their throat uh, in the Washington uh, in the Washington game. So we look at those these guys. We look at the uh, at the defense, starting with the, the uh, let's say the, the defensive ends. What what do you have to say about the defensive ends? Um, got the Juquay Parker. He's got four sacks. Got all of them, of course, in the first three games. Got um, Trent Cole with six. Uh, got uh, the big fella. Uh, Antonio Dixon has a couple of sacks. Uh, comments, uh, Bob, with the uh, the defensive ends? Well, I mean, defensive ends, of course, you got to start with Trent Cole, who has been very good this year. Uh, six sacks, even though he's been asked to uh, drop back into coverage uh, way more often than he should be. I, I mean, taking your best defensive end and dropping him into coverage just – Seems seems insane to me. Uh, Parker, it's a, it's a real shame Graham couldn't hold on to that starting spot because you could just see Parker getting to come into the game fresh and just go after the quarterback was going to be a real problem. But as a yeah. starter, uh, the endurance 
doesn't seem to be there, and you know he's worrying about playing the run and everything else. So that's a that's a real shame. He said Tap hasn't been uh, what they wanted so far. Uh, Teo Nassim has been absolutely absent. I mean, I'm, well, they, they don't let me he's on the team. I mean, he's uh, that that shows you what they think of him right now. You know that mm-hmm. he doesn't even dress. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a complete disaster. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, overall, outside of Cole, it's average. It's it's still just just average. Graham has the potential to be great. He's shown flashes yeah. of greatness, but outside of Cole, the defensive ends are, are just average. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think that uh, they've got to get Graham healthy, mm-hmm. and he's got to come on uh, down the stretch, or, 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 you know, there's no way uh, they're going to win um, – there's no way they win um, ten games unless some of those kind of things happen. Which they got to have Brandon Graham come on and be the guy that, along with Trent Cole, where they get in some games and another team's trying to fight back, and they got the pass rush from both of those sides that says, "Okay, fellas, it's time for you guys to go on home because this game is over." Uh, because you you're not going to be able to to stop this pass rush, and they they need that. This is. This is what they went out and they got the guys, and we can see that Tap is not really capable of being that that level of a pass rusher. And uh, we can also see that uh, uh, look, Tap over there, Juke Parker has some potential. Where I, I think you're right in that, you know, he can do some things, but he's he's not going to be the guy uh, that's going to be able to play full time and, and do that like Trent Cole is. He's he's got to be a guy that. As you said, it's kept fresh because uh, I, th- I think the thing with Juquay Parker that's a surprise is you got a guy that's somewhat undersized, but he's really a power move pass rusher, and he needs his power. He needs <laughs> he needs to be fresh, and, and he's, a, he's a better player when, he, when he's fresh. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Now, the defensive tackle position, and we've got some surprises. We've had a major surprise, if you ask me. I think that uh, next to the way Vic has played, that's been such a surprise that the second on my list would be Antonio Dixon because I, I think the guy in the last three weeks, is, he's made a huge difference. Look at the way the Redskins ran the ball on the Eagles. I mean, they just power ball, and that's what we expected. But what happened is Broderick Bunkley got hurt, and we got a chance to see Antonio Dixon and he's made them a better team. They're better defense with Antonio Dixon on the field. And I think at some point, if it continues, you're going to see Andy make a move, and there's going to be an announcement about a change, and the guys are starting. So uh, you guys got comments on the defensive tackles? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that. Now, Dixon's been extremely impressive. Uh, you notice um, the minute uh, Bunkley went out and he went in, the, uh, the Eagles' problems against the run also went away too now. That's three games now since Dixon's been in with going up against Frank Gore and Michael Turner and maybe most impressive of it all of all uh, Chris Johnson. But none of those three guys had a big game on the Eagles and Dixon. He's been getting a great push up the middle and he's even been gotten a couple of sacks, which we haven't seen from the defensive tackles like very much at all in any of the years that Mike Patterson and Broderick Bunkley have been together. I mean, it, it really has been so apparent. I mean, and the guy has just just power moved, just basically just power moved the the guards and push them right in the back of the quarterback and and just go and just grab the quarterback along with them and take them down. 
And uh, he's done it. And, uh, you know, not only the last game did he push these guys in the backfield, the guys back there making tackles, too. I mean, <laughs> he almost led the team in tackles, which is pretty astonishing. astonishing. But anyway, we'll, we'll be back on the other side. Uh, we'll talk about the linebackers and uh, the, the defensive backs and, and try to get the special teams in as well. We'll be back in a moment. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in nfl history tune in to wide open with andre rison andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport there'll be celebrity guests coaches players artists and more he'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week tune in to wide open with host andre rison featured thursdays at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel so Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Thank you. 
Sager joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb, back with you on... um VoiceAmericaSports.com. This is a G Cobb in the house, and we're talking about uh, the Eagles, and we've talked about the uh, the defense, and we start talking about the uh, defensive ends, and we talk about the defensive tackles. Now, linebacker wise, you got the Bradley, Stuart Bradley in the middle, missed the game because uh, of the uh, concussion. Uh, you got Bradley, you have uh, uh, Ernie Sims, and now Moses uh, uh, Moses uh, Foku. Is playing strong side. Uh, Keem Jordan had played it earlier. Uh, you guys, uh, summation, your basic uh, take of the linebackers after seven games. Uh, Denny, why don't you uh, tell us what you what you think so far? All right. Well, the linebackers have been up and down. Um, Ernie Sims uh, hasn't been what a lot of people had hoped he would be. Uh, he just hasn't made a lot of plays at this point. Uh, Stuart Bradley. Clearly, still looks like he's still feeling his way back from the knee injury. And as for on the strong side, now Akeem Jordan was replaced by Foku a couple of weeks ago, and since then, Foku's upgraded that spot. I think uh, he had a he had a good moment out in uh, San Francisco where he uh, hit Frank Gore pretty hard and knocked the ball loose, caused a turnover, and uh, he just he brings a more on um, a physical element that uh, wasn't there with uh, Jordan. Okay. Uh, Bob, uh, your take on the uh, linebackers. Uh, Personally, I've been incredibly disappointed with the linebackers, Stuart Bradley and Ernie Sims especially. Uh, All we heard about Sims was how, you know, he's a guy who's going to fly around, he's going to pop people, be a big play type of guy. And, you know, the speed doesn't seem as evident once the lights go on. You know, in training camp he was flying around hitting people, but once the lights go on, he doesn't seem quite as fast. His reaction time seems slow. He's missing tackles. Uh, you know, Bradley gets caught in the wash a lot. Uh, can't shed the blockers. You know, while Jordan was in there, I thought he was the most consistent and was playing better than Bradley or Sims. But he's the one who gets replaced. Fortunately, Foku has been good as well, and Jordan has uh, has been good on special teams the past couple weeks. But overall. Linebackers, very disappointing. Uh, I think they need to find a true Mike linebacker and maybe try kicking Bradley over to Sam, which is his natural position. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I think that ultimately is is what they uh, they need to do because uh, I think he he is a Sam linebacker, and and you know they've asked him, and uh, you know he hasn't been terrible, but he's not he's not a dominant uh, guy because that that's not really I think his best position, but. Um, They've been able to uh, to get by with it, and uh, we'll see how they do uh, going further. Now, let's go to to um, the special teams. Uh, well, not special teams. Sorry, uh, we've got to get the secondary. Secondary wise, you've got uh, Jordan with three interceptions. I mean, uh, Samuel with three interceptions. You've also got Allen with three interceptions. Um, Michael, I think, has a couple. Um, you know they've been active. They've made some plays. What what do you what's your take on the secondary that 
got torched last week against Tennessee. Bob? Uh, I would say overall uh, they've been playing pretty well. At one point I think they were as high as eighth uh, in pass defense. Now obviously Kenny Britt really lit them up. Uh, Hobbs looked hobbled. Uh, and Allen, for the first time this year, looked like a rookie. Samuel, the only thing I can really say about Samuel, he's dropping picks left and right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he and Selleck were working out in the offseason together, but <laughs> he's got his stone hands. I mean, he should have seven or eight picks to this point. Yeah. And he's just, oh, man, his interceptions have basically been handed to him. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, but you know, outside of that, he's been good. Uh Michael's been flying around, you know, playing more of a fourth linebacker kind of role. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Hobbs has – up until the Titans game, I thought Hobbs was uh, serviceable. Mm-hmm. He was better than I thought he was going to be. And, I mean, I think Allen helped that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, again, like the rest of the team, okay, not great. Well, I think that uh, with the guards of Hobbs, I think the cat's out of the bag. I think you're going to see people going after him. Uh, they're going to go after Allen, and uh, they're going to really get some challenges because they're going to have to make the plays on the ball uh, against some big receivers. You look at the guys on their schedule going forward. Uh, they're going to have some big-time receivers they got to play against, and they're going to have to make plays on the ball with these guys out in space where you're in a situation where you could get a um, – uh, you know, a, a roughing or interference penalty, but you just got to go out there and make the play. So it'll be interesting to see how they make out with that. Um, uh, moving on, um, talking about special teams, uh, their special teams uh, will be kind of on the line because um, they really haven't had uh, much from the standpoint of uh, return-wise, and they started off so shaky to see them play decent. Uh, is really a step up. I think they, their kickers, the, both the punter and the kicker, have been pretty good. Of course, you had David had the terrible game against the, um, the Falcons. Thankfully, it was a game it was a blowout. They didn't need him, but other than that, he's, he's kicked the ball well. He's kicked. Uh, he's done a good job of the kickoffs. But um, and and uh, I'd say the same thing for for Sabroka. He's he's played well, and, and he's averaging about 48 yards a punt, which which isn't bad. Uh, so. Um, uh, but special teams overall, they've been horrible for much too much of the season. They needed these guys to step up. They went out. They got a fast team. They should be making be be better as special teams. You guys take on their special teams. Well, certainly they've been disappointing, and we heard how much of a difference Bobby April wasn't going to make or well, was. Uh, make. Unfortunately, I, the music is. It's, we're pretty much done here, folks. But okay. I want to thank Bob and thank Denny for you guys joining me on the show. And hopefully we'll uh, get a chance to do it again for you next week. Uh, this is G. Cobb uh, thinking uh, Denny Basins and Bob Cunningham. And this is G. Cobb in the house. Talk to you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.